0: This is Your Life, God's Truth, your QFM. It's Phil. Mike is here. Mike, just you just got back. Welcome back. Thank you. Yes, and we'll be talking, of course, throughout the entire show, but we're right now recording with Pastor Gus joining us on the phone as well. Gus, hello, and boy, some beautiful weather. How are you doing, Gus?
1: It is 68 degrees in War Road, Minnesota right now, yeah. and I'm doing backflips. Yeah, I mean, I am so excited. You know, as a guy that grew up in Southern California mm. and and wants to be at the beach every day of his life, and God sending me to the tundra is like, <laughs> I am, I'm doing it for you, Lord Jesus.
0: There you go. <laughs> By the way, I've never—I don't know if I know the answer to this. Is there a big public beach in Warroad on Lake of the Woods?
1: There is not a big one, but there is one. I mean, okay. it's not like some long ocean hmm. beach kind of thing, but it's probably a good 60 yards long. Oh, I well, guess. very
0: good. I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm uh, sure it gets well used.
1: Point and not too far from my house. Not too far from where I'm sitting, for goodness See? sake.
0: God gave you a beach. You can't complain. <laughs> yeah,
1: he gave me a beach with no <laughs> waves. I <laughs> He's lean, that guy, I tell you.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know about no waves. I can't even go on a boat on that leg, and I start throwing up because nah. it's too wavy for me.
1: Oh, I grew up riding those waves. <laughs> I miss it.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we've got a, a serious subject we want to get to, and, you know, Breakpoint uh, is always good. We talk about it here on QFM from time to time. We air it three times a day, that uh, short four-minute show, but you and I and Mike are going to unpack today's show because, the last, they've actually talked about this the last two days. There is a Gallup poll that came out just recently that is now saying fewer than 50% of Americans now belong to either a church, a synagogue, or a mosque. And that is really the first time that's happened since they started taking stats. And uh, yesterday they were talking a lot about as you leave church, now the trend is to leave loudly announcing it on social media with shaming and blaming thrown in for some good measure and uh, you know, letting everybody know why the church is horrible. And, and we're even seeing it among evangelicals. And as they leave, they call themselves ex-vangelicals. And we've had high-profile evangelicals, including uh, some of the artists, at least one or two that we play here on QFM, that have left. And they kind of describe a deconstruction of their faith in Christ, and so forth. And Gus, you read this article as well. It's pretty interesting, isn't it?
1: Very interesting. I think there's some good... I mean, Breakpoint uh, is one of the best, you know, culturally relevant, biblically applicable, you know, uh, really content out there. So it is unfortunate that that's happening, and I think it's really happening because there's just not a lot of power in the Church. There's... I think the Church has been forced into this uh, not just quite theological but more philosophical worldview instead of actually seeing the power of God in people's lives. And when you see the power of God, you realize there is a God. But when you just are introduced to the principles of God, then they just change your mind and not your life. Hmm. There's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the big issues that has been gradually creeping in over the last at least 30 years, but probably even before that, is the Bible's teaching on sexuality and how more and more people, they don't like it. Uh, They think, you know, that uh, it's just not uh, relevant really anymore, and they're walking away from it. Uh, And, you know, according to Breakpoint, there's other cornerstones of orthodoxy, the authority of Scripture, the reality of sin the uh, deity and exclusivity of Christ, things like that, that uh, they are now rejecting. And, wow, you know, uh, it's unfortunate that sexuality has become such a a big issue that we're willing to sacrifice eternity, for goodness sakes, Gus.
1: Yeah, well, when you don't see the, the Scriptures in a way that is recognizably divine, it's easy to do that, especially when you see so much... Like, if you know a gay person, they're pretty nice. Yeah. They really are. They're just nice and happy and, you know, and just socially adjusted and pleasant to be around. But there's a lot of Christian Christians that are kind of jerks, you know? They're, like, all chip on their shoulder, upset at the world, and, you know... You know, why can't people just, why can't we go back to the founding fathers and back to the 1950s? That's when everything made sense, and and that just is creating a greater gap in those people who are, who could go either way. But I, mm. I think if people, like normal people that weren't followers of Christ, saw followers of Christ being nice and displaying the power of God in their lives, that is motivational, but they just yeah. don't see that very much.
0: Yeah. Mike, I know you don't disagree. In fact, that kind of jumped out for you as you read the article. The sexuality has been a big issue. And then you mentioned what's being taught in colleges and universities today, right?
2: Yeah, I I think, you know, the college, we know that this is being taught. But just this last week when I was down at my daughter's, and she's still dealing with this. This is getting really Yeah, And this is an elementary school or middle school, whatever, sexuality, yeah. Um, down there. I mean, it could be a mm-hmm. job for her as she's pushing this item through. But when we allow our instructors at kindergarten level and middle school level to talk about, um, example, today you get to choose you're
1: gonna whether you're going to be girl. a boy
2: or girl. Yeah. Now, when that came home, <laughs> did not sit well. And that's in my daughter's school where she is a counselor. Mm -hmm. So she questions these things and questions them to the point where she gets a lot of pushback.
0: But then we, uh, like Gus was saying, even though she's right biblically, we end up somehow looking like the jerks. Yep. (laughs) We do. That's what (laughs) she said. Because we're always on the defensive, right? Right. You know?
2: Yep. In fact. uh, So
0: she feels that.
2: She feels it because the, the principal said, you know, Katie, people can pick on you, too, for what you do sure and and she's like well yeah i know that i get that but if we're going to you know i mean she came right out and said if if this is what you're going to teach then you don't need my position as a counselor because i'm trying to counsel kids that are going through with what you're teaching mm-hmm. and right. so we're kind of at a crossroads here and she's been very firm in you know in yeah. what she's doing but you know, when you see all of that going on and you see uh youth groups that are doing nothing but oh, let's raise money and we'll just go to this big huge 10-day event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get it. It's it's fun and you get to see a lot of bands and you but youth group today is way different than when I went. Yeah. Way different than when I went. I mean, I was we we did we did the Bible yeah. we were we were not going to these things we we had a tough teacher
0: <laughs> well and again, going to these things in and of itself isn 't the problem it 's just it 's the overall thing It's the overall, it's thing. The overall and we 're going actually think. with what you 're talking about it it ends up being criticism of the church, and that 's what 's talked about in uh-huh. here as well because we we tend to do that a lot too. We criticize uh-huh. the church and in in many ways it 's warranted but Gus, you know back on the issue of us kind of looking like the bad guys. What do, what do you say to that in the in this tough situation that we're talking about?
1: We have to apply the scripture when it talks about being able to give a reason. Uh, you know, with the hope that you have in your heart. Right. So, if if it looks like you got no hope because you're all upset about it, then that's being a bad witness of Christ. Like we just we need to be able to speak with a twinkle in our eye, with complete and total authority, knowing that we're right, uh, and and we're okay with them disagreeing with us. Because God is the one that actually chooses them, right? It's not us, right? We, God just, just decides to take the blinders off and just does something with our words in their heart, and so it is not our job to convince them. It is our job to just tell them. And if we can tell them authoritatively but not jerkishly, uh, I I think God works with that quite a bit better than the guy that says, turn or burn! You know?
0: Well, and it is a steamroller right now in our culture in this country, from the top down, and from whether it's the president or in his administration or our, you know, colleges and universities, there's, it's a steamroller and the people involved with uh, the sexual revolution, uh, extremely powerful, and they're having a huge impact. So, let's say, like even in Mike's daughter's situation, if you gently try to take a stand, but yet it just it just keeps moving ahead, then what do we do? You know, uh, we we can't just stay in it either. We have to, at some point, take a stand. And, and that's
1: it. That's what we do, Phil. We just stand. Like yeah. we're not supposed to put our head in the sand you know, and just pretend it doesn't exist and, like, not engage the culture, but we're also not supposed to fight the culture either, either, either right? Like, put up your dukes and, and throw, you know, verbal punches at people. We just stand on the Word of God. You don't have to convince them, you just stand, like, this is what it says, this is why I believe it, and, and just just stand, because we have the authority to be able to do that. It's just a lot of people don't. They just choose to either become jerks and put up your dukes, or they put their head in the sand. And I would say most people do put their head in the sand when they don't say anything when they should say something, and they're not mm-hmm. mature enough to say anything with uh, with winsomeness in their in their heart or, or in their tone um, because they're just so frustrated, you know, with yeah. something that isn't even frustrating for God. Like he knows. <laughs> <laughs> but if it
0: but if it doesn't go away, you know, let's say then it's totally accepted by a school and they're going to be teaching these things, then we also must make a decision to protect our own children and grandchildren, right? Right. Uh, and that's going to be the, most likely to get them years, out of there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In the coming months and years, there will be more homeschools. Yeah. There will be more Christian schools. Uh, there will be hopefully more uh, 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 teachings of parents like hey. Your school is going to teach you that you can choose your sexuality like first of all, why would the school even be teaching sexuality that 's a big thing right there but um, but you need to know that you 're a boy, <laughs> and this is why there's no confusion in that and and it sh- 's going to create a greater hands on and not just farming out our children to be taught how to read and write and become socially acceptable. We have to get after it as as parents.
0: Mm. And it's so sad because you shouldn't even have to be talking about these things. You know, you no, just but shouldn't we will,
1: and it will be more and more. And it's, <laughs> and it's especially sad for myself on a personal level. Like, I substitute teach at the high school uh, from time to time. Yeah. My wife is the high school librarian. Like, we have multiple, you know, administrators and teachers that are our friends. We're just we're completely tied into the public school. All of our kids go to the public school. You know, we started an academy, a Christian academy, which has since not happened. So they've been homeschooled, they've been public schooled, and they've been in the academy. Right now we're all in public school. But when I see these things happen, you know, when I see Common Core and when I see, you know, uh, you know, uh, what's the new racism thing? It's
0: oh, critical thing. race theory, yeah. There's a
1: critical race theory, right? Yeah, like, sure. when I see those things coming, I, I start to think, well... I don't know how much longer that you know we can keep our kids in there, but
0: yeah. But,
2: but you're it, you're seeing been, you're seeing a lot of change starting to take place at the state level in in a lot of states. I know uh, was it Tennessee just passed one Arkansas? There will be no critical race theory taught in the schools in those yeah. states. And when I see that, that I mean, education is supposed to be by the state anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? So, some of those states might be safer yes. than a state
2: like Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. And so, but getting back to what Gus said, you know, you either stand or you, you, or you put your head in the sand. And I think I, I have to work very hard, Phil, as you know. Yeah. Because I stand very firmly in, in things. And, but these people that choose to put their head in the sand are the people that are saying, look, it doesn't matter what we do. Nothing ever changes. Look at the news. We pray. We do all this. It's just getting worse, and it's getting worse, and it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. So they choose just not to be involved. And
1: Yeah, that's not what the Bible teaches e- to do, though. Exactly. And
2: so, it's- I told a, a friend of mine the other day, I said, man, you, you need to turn to Revelation, and you mm-hmm. need to literally study Revelations to see what is happening today. Because I think it'll really open up your mind as to why we can't put our head in the sand, because we see what God says. Is it
1: true, if all of the body of Christ rises up and stands, then all of a sudden we will never have the one world government and Jesus will never come back? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, no. No. (laughs) Like, this is going to happen. Like, we see... You know the end from the beginning if you believe in the book of revelation but it doesn't mean that we put our head in the sand and just help it along you know we need to to stand up and and fight for righteousness whenever wickedness rears its ugly head it's got to be beat back down with the righteousness that that we have in us but we do understand that at some point it, and it's hard for me to even to admit this, but at some point, the gospel will probably be illegal to be spoken in the United States, just like it is in multiple other countries. Hmm. Yeah. Like, multiple other countries, you can't share the gospel openly and publicly. It, it's, a, it's an actual yeah. civil offense to do so. Yeah. That'll happen in the United States someday. I, I just don't want it to happen on my watch, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, yep. You know, I feel like, ah, you know, but even if that's God's plan for it to happen on my watch, I guess, you know, he's God, right? So he could do what he wants, but for me, I would just, I would prefer not, but I'm going to still stand anyway.
0: Back to this article, too, you know, it's saying basically a lot of people who would have previously called themselves a, a, a Christian are giving up. They're throwing in the towel, and they're just saying, well... You know, my, my son now is this, or my daughter, or my niece, and I, it must be fine. And I, mm-hmm. I guess I'm just going to unhitch, if you will, from the Bible. I'm just going to live my life, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and uh, the break point today is saying, you know, we might think, well, that's never going to happen to us. And I'm sure there are people who have, had said that, and now all of a sudden they might call themselves an ex-evangelical. But when we think about Peter, okay, how close he was to jesus and and again what he did he denied the lord three times just boom 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 within a very short period of time right. it's like wow we and are just
2: so weak <laughs> we are because that came right after he said what
0: oh, <laughs> oh i'll never do that i'll never
2: I'll do that never i would do never do, do that,
1: that. peter right yeah. <laughs> you know really just gets taught a, a powerful lesson yeah but the greatest thing about getting taught that powerful lesson is he became incredibly powerful after yes, that. Yes. Because he wasn't going to make that mistake again. And there are, pe- there are people, probably within the sound of our voices, that have already made that mistake. Yeah. You know, by denying Christ in some way, not so extravagant like the, you know, the disciple Peter, but in some way, and, and they're, they feel bad about that. But let me just speak to that just for a second and say, all you need to do is what Peter did. is Repent. Yeah, And when that repentance washes over you and that forgiveness comes over you, it causes you to be even more of a bold person after that mistake than before. And Peter was incredibly bold before that mistake. Yeah, But he was even bolder, more bold after it.
2: And I think the repentance piece you guys really is a big thing for a lot of these people that are walking away because it used to be oh we just forgive you know we'll just ask god to forgive us and mm-hmm. he'll forgive us right because we get grace that's why he died on the cross and we can just continue to sin and do what we want but we just keep asking for forgiveness yeah. and then all of a sudden people start talking about this word repentance and you you have to change and and turn in your a heart a little more permanent yeah a little more <laughs> permanent and then people are going nah not me i'm not ready for uh, that if i have to do that then i'm just going to continue to do what i do yeah
0: you know in this article today too and i encourage you to listen to Breakpoint tonight at six uh they mention the book of james where james challenges us to draw near to god and he will draw near to you and this is a promise Uh, god has given his church his people habits of faith Prayer, fasting, study, loving our neighbor, fleeing from sin, and all of that. And if we draw near to Him, He will empower us uh, by drawing near to us. We can't we can't help but be empowered by the Lord to overcome some of these things if He's near to us, right, Gus?
1: Absolutely. And and just have the the patience or the perseverance to 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 keep going because yeah. we live in this fast food microwave culture where oh, I'm going to read my Bible for four minutes, and then all of a sudden I I have to have an epiphany with the Lord, you know, on the Mount of Transfiguration? Mm. (laughs) Like, no, like, it's going to take more than four minutes. It might take 40 minutes. It might take, you know, four months. But if you have the persistence to keep getting close, it is His promise to to get closer to you. So if He doesn't get closer to you when you feel like you're getting closer to Him, it just it doesn't mean the promise isn't there; it just means it's not there yet. Hmm.
0: The last part of this article, too, is about being critical of the church, and again, it says the church is not above critique. in fact, it's important to do, but it becomes a habit too of just constantly criticizing the church rather than maybe doing what we can to help uh, make it make it better. The church is Christ's bride, and I love this she will outlast the world. You know, warts and all, the church is going to outlast the world. I think the church, uh, as we go down this road, you know, it's going to get smaller, but I think eventually it will be very strong, uh, you know, the remnant, if you will, uh, as as we head this way. But I'll give you the final word on that issue, Gus, of the church being the Lord's bride and you know, somehow we've got to figure out a way to support the Church and not just be hypercritical.
1: Absolutely. If you want to be part of the remnant, you got to be part of the repentance. That's the key. If if you can stay humble before the Lord and repent when you need to repent, then you're going to always stay the remnant. And if you only have accusations against the Bride of Christ, you're going to probably get punched in the face by the Father.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's quite a line. It says, Uh, imagine someone heckling your bride as she walks down the aisle toward you. How would you respond to that person? You know,
1: (laughs) they'd be picking themselves up off the ground, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and the church is the bride of Christ, and this is a long aisle here. Let's put it that way. This church is walking, walking, walking down this aisle, and sooner or later. Uh, it will come to a point of perfection when we are gathered together to be with the Lord. But it, it's just interesting, this whole thing, and we, you know, it's easy to criticize, and that's really not what we're trying to do. We're just unpacking a little bit, making it a little easier to understand. I know I needed that today, and Mike, I appreciate you weighing in on this you know, too. This is
2: good for me because, <clears throat> you know, I got my class again tonight with, with that men's group, yeah, uh, Fatherhood, and, uh, you know, there's a number of them in there that aren't aren't, Christians, and then quite a number of them in there that have, you know, walked down different roads and paths to where they got to and why they're there. So yeah.
1: this is good stuff. So applicable. Uh, yeah,
2: it's like Gus said, and and it, it's um, a difficult thing for a lot of people. It's not our job to get them to where Christ receives them. It's our job to plant the seed yeah. and get them to start to look that direction, and then the choice is totally theirs. Yeah. Amen. Um, so, all
0: right, Gus. Well, thank you. As a pastor, you know, uh, it's interesting, shepherding a church. And I, you guys, you never get any criticism up there, which is awesome. <laughs> so cool. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am on the front lines of criticism every day of my life. <laughs> yeah.
0: Critical pastoral theory. We could start a new thing. <laughs>
1: Yes,
0: <laughs> <that is it. laughs> There you go. Hey, and you might come uh, March for Jesus with us. I'm I'd,
1: hoping to. I'm going to be down there for my niece's graduation from Bemidji High School, and so hopefully I'm going to be able to spin on over for that. Oh, so.
0: That'd be amazing to have you join us, and uh, it's going to be powerful as we, uh, as we walk for Jesus. God bless you, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, this is your life, God's truth. Your QFM.